Now on view at SCAD Fash, Manish Aurora's Life is Beautiful. Renowned for dazzling designs and a rainbow of colors, Manish Aurora has brought the talent and craftsmanship of India's rich sartorial history to the global forefront, earning international acclaim on runways across three continents. Designing in India since the 1990s, Aurora's glittering garments celebrate extravagant expressions of self through varied materials, techniques, and silhouettes in a triumphant union of Western and Eastern aesthetics adapted to today's multicultural society with a touch of humor. Find out more at scadfash.org. Support for WABE comes from 100 Miles, a nonprofit committed to preserving Georgia's 100-mile coast. Protecting this critical coastal ecosystem takes all of us. Watch the stories of the innovators and future leaders who help keep our coast flowing at OurGeorgiaCoast.org. W-A-B-E in Atlanta, this is City Lights. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. The Alliance Theatre is doing something extraordinary with A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. The Victorian-era story of redemption, generosity, and forgiveness has been adapted to feel very much in our moment all the while honoring its 19th century setting. I sat down with the director, Leora Morris, and Tony Award-winning set designer Todd Rosenthal in the theater to discuss the new feel of the classic show, the outstanding cast, and to learn more about What goes into creating this gorgeous set? We'll take you to the Alliance Theater a bit later in the program. But first, we're in day one of our year-end campaign. And we're looking for your help today to fund City Lights and support WABE. Right now is a great time to give because we are in the only WABE board member challenge of 2021. It's happening right now. I am so excited because my longtime colleague and friend, our All Things Considered host, Jim Burris, joins us this hour to help tell you more about the challenge. Jimbo! Lois, I am so excited and honored to be here with you. It's been many, many years since we pitched together, and I've missed it. I listen to your show. It is a destination for me every day. So um, I'm glad to be here and, and lend my voice to support you and City Lights, and we hope that listeners will too. And here's how it works. If we can make the total number of hourly benchmarks through the day It will mean $10,000 to WABE. So please, it will help so much when you go to wabe.org slash donate. Now, the benchmark for this hour, 22 pledges. We need to hear from 22 City Lights listeners and fans just like me, just like you. If you are ever looking for a return on your investment, you know that right now is the time. You can also give us a call at 678-553-9090. Thank you. We often say that your gift to WABE is an investment and fact-based reporting that matters. And 
today when you give is it's an investment in another way. I'm Lois Reitzes here with you and Jim Burris, and in a moment we'll hear that report from the Alliance Theater. But first... I'm Faith Saley of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, here with a short comedic observation from Atlanta's very own Dad's Garage. Hey, psst, hey, yeah. Yeah? Hey, it's me, the Grady Curve. Oh, hi, Grady Curve. Hey. Um, Guy stuck in my traffic? Yeah. yeah just yeah. sitting here? Yeah. Yeah. What you listening to? Just a little W-A-B-E. W-A-B-E. Yeah. Just imagine how boring it would be if you were sitting here without something to listen to like W-A-B-E. What do you mean? Stop yeah. it. I would hate my commute. All we're asking for is a little donation so you can have a little voice. Anything. What do you want? Your money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my debit uh, card, my credit card. Do I just put it in the CD player? No, okay, no, no. You can go online and donate to us oh. so that these drives don't make you go crazy. Thank you so much. Grady Curve? Hey, yeah? We're lucky to have you. Hey, watch these curves. <gasps> wow. wow. That fundraising moment was courtesy of Dad's Garage. Hey, Atlanta, supporting WABE really is important, and it is so easy. Here's how. You can make your donation with a call to 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. Want to give a shout out to our friends at Dad's Garage. Thank you so much. I really love those sketches you created, and Faith Saley of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and so much else, is currently in a very, very impressive off-Broadway theater doing her show, Approval Junkie, which had its world premiere here at the Alliance Theater. It's now in New York. Think of all the times you've been stuck in traffic, and WABE has made that moment of your life bearable. Maybe you have even heard one or all of the voices we just heard on City Lights before and decided to go see a comedy improv show at Dad's Garage. Those moments of comic relief along with the thoughtful conversations and fact-based news coverage are all thanks to your generous donations. So please give now by going to wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. And we would again like to thank all of the team over at Dad's Garage for their hilarious contributions. And Lois, as you talk about it, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I remember hearing about um, Faith Saley and uh, her program, her her, um, performance from your show. And I get such a connection to the arts from your show. What I try to do on the news side in the afternoons is, you know, present things in a way that connect Atlanta. And I can't think of anything that connects Atlanta and the arts together better than City Lights. And I know that if you're a fan like I am, because you're a fan like I am, you're listening right now. And the way it works is City Lights and WABE, we're counting on you for financial support. We use it to pay for the shows you love, just like the one you're listening to. Metro Atlanta listeners... 
like you, provide the largest source of funding. About 84% of our funding comes directly from the greater Atlanta community. So please chip in what you feel you can and help us meet this amazing WABE board challenge. It's really a big deal. Uh, you know, for many of our listeners, we found the sweet spot for giving. It's about $10 a month, but you know what you can afford. And that's all we're asking for. Think about this. What you hear on WABE, truth, insight, powerful voices and stories, you value this. You sustain this. We can only keep that going when we hear from you right now. Please make your vital year-end gift at wabe.org donate or with a quick call to 678-553-9090. And that match, the only match by our board is in effect now. We're hoping to hear from 22 of you. We'll have an update. We've heard from five, so still a little ways to go. Okay, but as more of you go online at wabe.org or call 678-553-9090, your contribution will be matched, and we thank you. We appreciate your supporting City Lights on WABE as we aim to amplify Atlanta's arts community. Recently, I got to visit the Alliance Theater ahead of this year's production of A Christmas Carol to bring this conversation to you. Seated in the theater, I saw their elaborate revolving set and spoke with director Leora Morris and Tony Award-winning set designer Todd Rosenthal. In her typically eloquent and elegant way, Alliance Artistic Director Susan Booth said, during the last two years, we've all learned new patterns, some by choice, some by necessity. And in the midst of all that has changed, many of us have come to treasure more than ever that which stayed the same. For this year's production of A Christmas Carol, while the set is new and the direction is new, the story is one we know and love. And there's something that feels so right about that to return to the known with the shared realities that have changed us and together again to listen to a familiar story. Gathering with me now and all of you are the director, Leora Morris, and set designer, Todd Rosenthal. So Great to talk with you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. After 31 seasons, the Alliance continues this beloved holiday tradition with new elements. Leora, what can you tell us about this adaptation by David H. Bell? There's so much to tell. What really I find so striking about this adaptation is that David is acutely focused on the idea of family and community and what does it mean to belong to a family and how are we accountable to the communities around us and where do we belong? And so while the tale is certainly the same tale of a, a man, Ebenezer Scrooge, who 
comes to face his past and reckon with his present and make choices about his future, he's situated in this community of folks that David has really amplified. Not only the Cratchit family, who we all know and love, Bob, who works for Scrooge, but also some of the fruit sellers who go to Scrooge for loans and his domestic staff and his nephew and his family. And we've really turned the dial up on the the people that surround Scrooge that he's disconnected from, that he's missing out on, who he's living alongside but not in relationship with. And so as he has the, the magical transformation that we all wait for in this play, I think, he returns to this world alive and enlivened and determined to enliven and to give and to lead with compassion and with curiosity and to be different, even if he has no idea how to start doing that. But a sweet family and a little boy named Tiny Tim help him toward that. They do. They do. And I think in this production, something I find really special is that I've been saying in some other productions, Ebenezer Scrooge is afraid of dying and it's seeing his own death and his own mortality that is what transforms him. And in this production, he starts out being afraid of living Mm. and it is getting to know Tiny Tim and the idea that he could have helped or could help this young boy that is what transforms him and sends him reoriented out into the world. Not his own death, not his own legacy. It is the desire to serve. So beautiful. Todd, you are a glittering star in the firmament of set designs (laughs) with awards including a Tony and Olivier and a lengthy list of other distinguished prizes. I've got to tell you, it's just so exciting to have you here and to see this magnificent design. I know you're also a professor at Northwestern University. Did you know Susan Booth and her husband, Max Leventhal, when they were in Chicago? I did. I, I first met Max when he was the production manager at the Goodman, and Susan was also working in the at the Goodman. Yes. And our first regional theater production outside of Chicago, Susan and I, was at the Alliance. It was Beast on the Moon, and we did it in the Hertz. And I can't remember the date, but either it was like 20 years ago or so. so. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think many of us are curious about the process of design. When you create a set, do you work with the director in the theater company or are you an artist alone in a studio and then the director and the team come to that set after it's created? No, definitely. Uh, I, I usually work in real close collaboration with the, with the director. In this particular case, Lior is the third director in this process. We started this, the design process six years ago, was it? Around maybe six more. years ago, maybe more, seven years ago. And I remember Susan called me and she said, you're probably going to say no, but I'd love for you to design our new Christmas card. I said, I would love to do it. Oh. You know, it's a story about it's never too late to change and we can always use stories oh. about that. So in this case, the, des- the design was mostly complete when Lior came on board, which is, which is an, an anomaly. That's not usually the way it happens. 
Um, so she was very patient and she had some things that she, you know, if we could have gone back, I think the set would have been drastically different, but she did inherit that set and we tried to make as many accommodations as we could because, you know, it is it's the director's the boss, you know, they're the ones who invite me to the party. <laughs> um, and in this case, it was kind of reversed. Tony Award-winning set designer Todd Rosenthal and director Liara Morris recorded live with me inside the Alliance Theater. We'll return with more of our conversation about A Christmas Carol in just a moment. But first, we often say that your gift to WABE is an investment in fact based reporting that matters. And today, when you give, is an investment in another way. I'm Lois Reitzes, your host for City Lights, and here to explain more, as he usually does in such an eloquent way, is my pitch partner, our ATC host, Jim Burris. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Lois. Your investment, it really can pay off right now because we are in this, the only board challenge of this year-end campaign. If we can hit the total number of hourly benchmarks throughout the day, then that means $10,000 will go to WABE's campaign. This is with much thanks to the members of the WABE board. And uh, here's where we stand. We have eight right now. We need to hear from 22 to stay on track. That means that we need to hear from you right now at 678-553-9090 or wabe.org. It could be that you're a sustainer. You're already giving to the station. Maybe decide, hey, it's time to add a dollar or two to that contribution every month. Well, We welcome that. That would help get us to our goal. Whatever you give, that choice is yours. Maybe it's $10 a month. But please, right now, help us stay on goal and support the programming that you depend on with a donation at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. And thank you. My name is Paul Beach, and I live in Decatur. What I like about City Lights is they bring into the program not only people that I've heard of that are visiting Atlanta for various cultural events, whether it's humorous, plays, musicals, but um, they bring into light the inherent cultural scene in Atlanta that I probably otherwise never would have encountered. Thank you, Paul, for your kind words about City Lights. It's a privilege to bring you arts and culture news every day. And only on this show can you hear behind-the-scenes interviews on the Alliance Theater's new adaptation and set design of A Christmas Carol. It's your donations that continue to help us be your number one resource for Atlanta arts and culture news. Please donate by going to wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. How about a monthly gift? What we call a sustaining gift of $10 a month. When you sign up as a monthly sustaining donor, that $10 helps pay for every reason that you listen to 90.1. And that's the shows that you love, like City Lights and Closer Look with Rose Scott and 
dare I say, all things considered in the afternoons. Um, we tell powerful and unique stories every day. And your sustaining gift, it helps us to continue to amplify the voices of Atlanta, the place you call home, long after this year wraps up and 2022, that's hard to say, 2022 begins. <laughs> the amount to give? That's up to you. You know what you can afford. We're just asking for you to make that donation right now. We rely on you for your support to keep programming strong and going on WABE. 678-553-9090 is the number to call, or you can make that donation at wabe.org slash donate. And please remember that as you're thinking of giving to WABE now, there is an amount that's right for you. And yes, even if you only give a one-time gift right now, that's great. We appreciate it. While sustaining monthly donations are best for us, they might not fit everyone's budget. So if you are a current sustaining member, consider a single one-time gift to help us meet this WABE board challenge. It's for today only. We're hoping to hear from 22 of you by the end of this hour. We've heard from eight of you. Your additional one-time gift can help us meet our next benchmark. Please call 678-553-9090 or give online at wabe.org slash donate. Thank you. Nine pledges. Oh, right. And we are in that $10,000 WABE board challenge right now. And it is the only one, Lois, of 2021. Uh, we can unlock these dollars the way it works if we can hit the total number of hourly benchmarks throughout the day. So right now, we have nine. We need 22. For all the reasons that you've counted on us this year, can we count on you right now? Keep us on goal, on track. Please take just a moment to give what you can afford at wabe.org donate. And thank you so much. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. You love free and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Wrights. It's so good to have you along. If you are just joining us today, we're listening to my interview with director Leora Morris and set designer Todd Rosenthal, recently recorded live at the Alliance Theater. We're discussing this year's new adaptation of A Christmas Carol. And here we continue talking about the amazing detail Todd Rosenthal put into his set design. Looking at the set, 
transports us to Victorian London, to Charles Dickens' setting for this story with gorgeous detail. I mean, the wallpaper, the clock, St. Paul's in the background. And I was hoping you could describe the architectural design and the appearance of the set for radio listeners, as well as viewers who may not be able to see the details. Yeah, and it's all all constructed by hand. One of the very few benefits of COVID was that they actually were able, they had a lot of time to, to construct the set and to paint the set. They, they didn't have to work on a number of other different shows, so they could really just focus on this. They were really able to, to accommodate a lot of the detail in, in the design. And so, I can only imagine the engineering involved. I mean, this this is architecture, and it revolves. And it's engineering. And, and the challenge of doing a Christmas Carol is there's so many different scenes, and there's so many different requirements. And you not only need to figure out what each one of these different sets looks like, you need to have a, a method of moving from one scene to another that doesn't slow down the production. And the way what I tell my students is the way something moves is just as important as the way it looks. And so it needs to have, you need to be able to talk thematically about how a set moves. And so we wanted this whimsical, beautiful, detailed Victorian town that could spin and change and evolve. And, and we also have other elements that come in from the sides. And so it's constantly in motion. And Leora, would you talk about getting the actors comfortable with all the movement and revolving? Yeah, I mean, we, it was a very fun rehearsal hall because we were all always trying to wrap our brains around, you know, are we going this way or this way? And people would be shuffling off to the side and we'd be trying to imagine it because the rehearsal room just cannot emulate the dimension and the movement that Todd has built and is describing. So we looked in a lot of detail at the plans and really understand what am I seeing? What's behind me? What does this entrance feel like? What is this door made of? And think through the behavior of that space. How does that space teach me about the way this family lives, their morning routine, their nighttime routine, how they get dressed? How can we kind of source that from this space that Todd has given us and the textures and the materials and the tone of the world? Mm. Would you take us through the new costumes? I'd love to hear about their design. And it's so much fun to think about, again, Victorian era dress. Yeah, so I mean, we are really in mid 19th century London is our kind of contemporary moment, but we get to go back into the past with Scrooge's memory to his childhood and then to his adolescence and his young adulthood. So we get to go all the way back to the 1830s, even late 1820s, and get some silhouettes from earlier. And then as we progress into the ghost of Christmas future, we start to see some silhouettes of the yet to come times. So all of the costumes have been designed by our wonderful designer, Marianne. They too have exquisite detail. And she has such, paid such tremendous attention to color and how color mm. builds these worlds and the warmth of the Cratchit family and the cold of the London streets on a foggy day, really alive in her choices, especially up against Todd's scenic world. Yeah, because looking at that wallpaper could be 
William Morris, or would he be too late for that, that strictly Victorian era wallpaper? Yeah, and, and, and one of the scenes that takes place in this particular set, in, in some instances, she wants the actress to pop against the set, and sometimes she wants the actress to feel like they're part of the set. And there's a beautiful scene later in the play where they look like they're part of that. They're all totally in the same world, which I think is really, really successful. As if there isn't enough to consider in intricate detail with everything you've been telling us. Puppets are in this production. Where do the puppets come in? They're part of, I mean, disrupting the civic space and adding the magic and the mystery. So all of our spirits, Jacob Marley, the ghost of Jacob Marley, and the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future show up and change the world with some magic in slightly different ways. But as we were thinking through how we wanted to do that in this world, within this kind of gesture, uh, it started to feel like we needed some, I was gonna say extraterrestrial help, but that's not <laughs> quite right. But we needed the the breath and the spirit of of a puppet to, to come in and be uh, otherworldly enough to really rattle Scrooge and treat the audience to something from just a different world. Liara Morris, director of The Christmas Carol at the Alliance Theatre, and Tony Award-winning set designer Todd Rosenthal, recorded live from the Alliance Theatre. We'll return with more of our conversation in just a moment. But first, as you're thinking about giving this morning, please remember right now, is one of the best times to support WABE because your donation will go farther. That's because the WABE board got together with a challenge that could mean $10,000 for WABE if we reach a certain benchmark. I'm your host for City Lights. Lois Wrights is joined by our All Things Considered host, Jim Burris, with more about how this works. Hi there, Lois. A pleasure to be here. And uh, this is how it works. If we can hit all of the benchmarks throughout the day, it will mean $10,000 to 90.1. Now, this is the only board challenge of 2021 left. And right now, this hour, we are at 10 pledges. We're about halfway through, a little more than halfway through the hour time flies and we have 10. So that means that we need to help hear from 12 of you in the next 25 or so minutes. But don't let it get away from you. You are a City Lights fan like I am. You're listening right now and we really do need your help right now. So perhaps this entire experience you've had listening to public radio has led you right here to this moment and you're hearing my voice. Your very first donation to 90.1 WABE. If that's you, because that's you, we're asking to think about what can you afford to help keep this programming strong. We really do need you. We wouldn't ask if we didn't, and we rely on the community for 84% of our support. So right now, become a first-time donor, or if you've donated before, maybe it's time to consider a, another donation. WABE.org slash donate 678-553-9090. We want to hear from everybody. We just need to hear from 12 more at least before the hour ends. 
Hi, I'm Mary Louise Kelly. Here at NPR, we try to reach all kinds of listeners. My name is Leo, and I'm eight years old. And we take feedback very seriously. I never hear much about nature or dinosaurs or things like that. So when Leo wrote us about our appalling lack of dinosaur coverage on All Things Considered, we knew we had to talk to him. Hi, Leo. Hi. I hear from your parents that... You want to be a paleontologist when you grow up, and now we've got one on the line for you. Okay. (laughs) Let me let you ask a question. How did dinosaurs grow to be so big? This is hard-hitting journalism, because these are the types of questions that keep paleontologists up at night. In public radio, we value our relationship with each and every one of our listeners. You listen to us, and we listen to you too. So keep our connection strong. Donate to this station right now. Here's how, and thanks. WABE.org slash donate. That's WABE.org slash donate. Or call at 678-553-9090. Maybe you are like young Leo and also consider yourself a dinosaur super fan. Well, just earlier this week, we spoke with Fernbank's Director of Education, Sarah Arnold, about their current exhibition, Antarctic Dinosaurs. Who knew that Antarctica used to be a lush, temperate rainforest home to crocodile-sized amphibians? Who knew? Not me. Not I either. But educating and informing You, our listeners, is so important to us, and we can continue to bring you the stories you appreciate on WABE if you provide us help. Please donate at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. And giving $10 a month at that sustaining member level really is the best way to give. Here's why. That $10 may seem small, but it allows us to make future plans more accurately, knowing we have a reliable source of ongoing support. We suggest $10, but you know you know what works for you. We only ask that you give as generously as you can at wabe.org slash donate. And this will help us not only pay for city lights, it will help... WABE to amplify the voices of Atlanta, your neighbors, your friends, your family, you. And with the vast majority of all of our funding coming directly from the Metro Atlanta community, your help is essential to us. WABE.org slash donate. And really, thank you so much. When you give to WABE as a new sustainer at $20 a month, we'll thank you with our never before offered t-shirt. The brand new WABE Amplified T-shirt is black and celebrates your favorite Atlanta radio hosts. Lisa Rayum, Lois Reitzes, Rose Scott, Jim Burris, and H. Johnson. It's the perfect winter fit for the WABE superfan. Donating at this level comes with one additional gift, the PBS streaming service Passport. It only takes a moment to give at wabe.org donate or with a call to 678-553-1990. Thank you. My name is Corey Fowle, and I'm in Alpharetta, Georgia. WABE is so important to me. I wanted to definitely increase my donation and possibly make up for other donations that might have gone missing. 
I felt great about being able to support an entity that I truly believed in. And I feel that way today. And I expect I will feel that way as long as I can listen to it. (laughs) And WABE will continue to provide you with news and programs you trust and rely on into the new year and beyond. But we can only do it with the help of listeners like Corey and Alpharetta. And if you are already giving monthly, your help is needed too. You can increase your monthly gift at a specific site, wabe.org slash upgrade, or tell the operator you'd like to upgrade at 678-553-9090. Thank you very much. And why is this important? Well, remember, right now, we are in the only board challenge of 2021. What does that mean? Well, it could mean $10,000 for the station. So please give at wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678 553 9090. All right. If you're a high schooler, please keep your allowance. We're going to give you a pass on that, right? If money's tight and you can't maybe afford to give to WABE right now, okay, we understand that too. But what about you? Have you ever thought, yeah, well, you know, one day I will give to WABE. I hear about it. I know that's how they're funded right now. I'm just not going to take the time, but one day I will. Well, today's the day, right? You can change. That's procrastination right now. You can help keep us on track. We um, we need about nine more uh, nine more pledges to stay on track this hour. We have uh, you know, 17 minutes or so to go. 678-553-9090, wabe.org slash donate. Don't put it off. We're getting kind of to the last minutes of the hour to stay on this benchmark, and we need you. Again, 678-553-9090, wabe.org slash donate. And thank you. This is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for being here. If you are just joining us today, we're listening to my interview with the director, Leora Morris, and set designer Todd Rosenthal, recently recorded live from the Alliance Theater. We're discussing this year's production of A Christmas Carol. And here we talk about the versatile Atlanta actor playing Scrooge. This is the first time Andrew Benader, a favorite Atlanta actor, will play the role of Scrooge, which I think must be on the bucket list of many actors. Although Andrew has been in A Christmas Carol before, as Jacob Marley. What perspective does he bring to this portrayal of Scrooge? Oh, I can't wait to ask audiences that who see the show, actually. I mean, Andrew is such an intelligent actor, and what I appreciate so much about him is his sense of play. And so even when Scrooge is intentionally, unintentionally cruel, perhaps, or or causing harm to people in the beginning, it's all coming from this real need to outwit or to write people's hypocrisies or expose their misunderstandings with such a, 
a passion for winning. It's such a game. There's so much pleasure in it. And over the course of the show, we see him redirect that sense of play towards good. And so, but you can feel it from the beginning. You can feel the effervescence for lack of a better word in this moment. And by the, by the time we get to the end and he's using that towards delighting people rather than causing suffering, it's, um, it just feels like a coming home. Mm. And he's such a clown. Yes, he's a wonderful yeah. actor. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about the cast, if you will. The cast is tremendous. I mean, it is a, a fully Atlanta-based cast, and it is such a celebration of the homegrown talent of this city. I mean, I there's 20 of them, and I could talk for 20 minutes about each of them. But what I think really unites everyone in this project as a cast is both a commitment to the kind of joy that's necessary in this act of service of telling this story to the community, especially right now when we need connection so much, and also a real devotion to building characters that are authentic and real and grounded and rich. Mm. 12-year-old Chloe Gia Bramer is portraying Tiny Tim. She's the third female actor to play this role. Why was gender not a factor in casting here? I think we were looking for the spirit, the spirit of that child, the person who, whose smile makes you want to do better for the future and for the kids that are going to inherit the planet. In the text, in Dickens' text, in David's text, Tim is able to meet his circumstance with such tremendous grace. And so we were looking for someone who, who both could light your heart up and also be the child in the room teaching the adults about how to face difficulty with that kind of grace. And we saw it in Chloe and we didn't really need a boy. We just needed Chloe. Americans love Victorian England. And we tend to romanticize the era. In fact, Dickens was disgusted with the social conditions, the horrid working conditions of the time. In what ways does this new production allow an audience in 2021 to draw some parallels? with the message of a Christmas carol. I mean, I think it lays bare the injustices and inequalities of Victorian London in a way that we cannot help but see as a reflection of our contemporary moment. And there are moments in the show, there are images in the show, there is language in the show around the welfare of and common good and income and incarceration and how hamstrung the poor are by loans. And, you know, there's David has honored Dickens, but really brought our ear into 21st century Atlanta, I would say. And that's reflected in our cast and, and in the text as well. So what you're saying really brings home all the more why it was important to have this new production, this new approach to a classic 
and yet preserve the integrity of the original. I was wondering, Todd, do you have something like postpartum depression when a run ends and a set comes down? No, not at all. I actually really love that it's an ephemeral thing. You know, I, I at one point wanted to be an architect, and I, I don't think I could ever stand having a building outlast me. <laughs> okay. And this is going to come back. So, okay. Um, yeah. So, yes, it lives on. It will live on, and, and I think that that's resourceful. And, I, and it will continue to evolve, which I think is great. And um, we'll look at the production this year, and, and we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll make some modifications to it, to the design and to the way that it's staged, you know, because you really don't know what the, something is until you actually see it. Um, and there's always going to be some surprises. Tony Award-winning set designer Todd Rosenthal and director Leora Morris recorded live from the Alliance Theatre, talking with us about the new production of A Christmas Carol. The show is running through December 24th, and you can watch our full interview at the Alliance Theater on the City Lights Facebook page at WABE City Lights. Plus, more information is available on our website, wabe.org slash citylights. It's time now for our segment, Speaking of the Arts where we hear some of Atlanta's creative artists in their own words. My name is Brandon Morrison. I am a painter. I paint mostly with acrylic paints, oil pastels, chalks, and pencils on canvas and wood. And I tend to work in a figurative style. I draw pretty heavily from sort of a flat, modernist, cubist style with elements of abstract expressionism. My mother was a high school art teacher and I remember watching VHS documentaries of Van Gogh and Matisse and Picasso and you name it. And I just fell in love with it. There were always art books around the house. And more than that, she had students and she would bring home sketchbooks and projects and we'd sit on the floor together and flip through mounds of artwork. And I just, there was something about it that I always loved. And my mom is still my probably harshest critic and biggest fan. I never made a lot of art growing up in the house, maybe because my mom was the teacher at the school that I went to. Instead, my first love was music and I had a band from the time I was uh, 14. My closest buddies were the bandmates. We went to college together. And I didn't really start painting until I was in college when uh, my mom sent me a care package with some acrylic paints and canvas boards one day. Atlanta continues to be an inspiring city to me. I love the diversity. I'm coming from a beach town in Florida and, and now living in what feels like a big city to me is exciting. There's vibrancy, there's cacophony of sound, and there's lots of movement, and I find all of that to be really exciting. I live in a cool part of town in Grant Park and very close to my studio, and so I'm often not in the traffic like I once was, and so I feel like I get the best of all possible worlds here in Atlanta. 
I'm pretty aware of the painters and the artists that came before me that I just think are fantastic. And I, I know whose shoulders I'm standing on top of. And oftentimes I will take an element of some Picasso painting or a pose from some Romare Bearden collage and try to make that my own. I'm very much influenced by graffiti and hip hop music in general. Music was my first love, and I still think about my paintings in those terms. A lot of times uh, I think of call and response and theme and variation and improvisation. And there's, within the structure of the painting, there's always a space for improvisation and sort of just letting loose. And oftentimes that letting loose part where it sort of hits a flow state and it generates its own momentum. I think there's something very energetic and very exciting about street art. And I think unplugged from any gallery scene right now, that's where I really like to go to find inspiration and to see what I think is some of the most exciting artwork that's happening out there with the Living Walls projects and a lot of the stuff that's happening in Cabbage Town and the Krog Tunnel, and, and there's new work every day. I signed my paintings with a pseudonym, Iblet, I-B-L-E-T. A friend of mine one time long ago was trying to say I bet and fumbled and it was a laugh and I stuck it in a little box on the bottom of the drawing and I really liked the way that it looked and it quickly became sort of a graffiti tag like logo and it gives me some quality of anonymousness and I'm not writing my own name on the bottom of the painting and, and now it's just something I like the way that it looks at the bottom. I'm really blessed to say that painting is my full-time job now and I'm in the studio all the time making new work. I've started a new project just this week. I've begun work on a series of paintings that will be used for the set design of an upcoming NBC TV show. Ultimately, what I love really is just painting. I love the smell of the paint. I love the way that it holds onto the brush. And I love just watching something come out of nothing. And for someone to walk into my studio and find a piece that I created, maybe that day, and to flash on it and to be excited about it is a blessing. Oh, hearing Brandon Morrison speak about art in his own words, the intersection of visual art and music so important to him, just gave me chills. We're so privileged to breathe to be able to bring you stories, features, people from the metro area such as this. We are able to do it because you support this station financially. Giving right now to WABE in this very moment makes financial sense because we're in the only WABE board challenge of 2021. I'm Lois Reitzes, joined by ATC host Jim Burris, and he's going to tell you more. It makes so much sense because your donation goes so much further. This is thanks to the members of WABE's board. So here's how it works. If we can hit the total number of benchmarks throughout the day, it will mean $10,000 
to WABE. And we want to say a big thank you to everyone is who's helped this hour. Uh, we still need um, seven to go. Ooh. We started the hour with a goal of 22, and we've been chipping away with that. So a big thanks to everyone who's made a donation at 678-553-9090 or wabe.org. We are not there yet, though. We still have a few minutes. We need to hear from you right now to keep on that goal. 678-553-9090, wabe.org, to go by noon, just two minutes away, Lewis. Oh, my goodness. We can meet this hour's benchmark with your donation in any amount, and that includes new sustainers or your first-ever donation. It even includes sustainers who give a dollar or two more to their monthly donation. Maybe for you, that's a one-time gift right now at the end of the year. But please, less than two minutes for us to hear from seven more. Seven more. Okay. Absolutely. And we know that there are seven City Lights listeners <laughs> and fans out there just tuned in, hanging on Lois Wright's every word, um, just like me. I'm kind of in a fan mode here, too, Lois. This is a true honor to be with you this afternoon or morning as we go into afternoon. But for all the reasons that you have counted on us, maybe it's Lois. That could be the single reason that you've counted on WABE in 2021. But that's a great reason for us to count on you right now. Can we? 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. You might even choose to give at the quite generous level of just more than $3 a day to WABE. Now, that sounds like not that great of an amount, maybe, but that would make you a major giver, what we call a cornerstone member. Still, the amount to give, that's completely up to you. But we have um, about 30 seconds, Lewis, and we're counting down eagerly to see if we meet that benchmark. I know we can do it. At 678-553-9090, wabe.org slash donate. My name is Sharon, and I'm from Atlanta. So I started donating to WABE in my car, and it was during a pledge drive. And I found myself calling up, talking to the pledge person, making my pledge, and just noting the irony of the fact that I was, in fact, turning into my parents by donating to NPR. Just had to, like, recognize that the inevitable was happening. <laughs> okay, if you've been listening for a while but never before contributed, why not do so right now and help us reach that hourly benchmark? Donate at 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org. Jim Burris, it's such a joy being here with you as well as listening to you as I do every day. Please, with our close, some words of wisdom on how we can reach that goal. You. It only takes one word. We need you right now. 678-553-9090, wabe.org slash donate. Thank you. And thank you so much, Lois. What a joy to be together and with all of you. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The world is full of mysteries. 
Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary. But when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org slash donate. And thanks.